She likes poo jokes. I'm I'm in. I can work with this. This is something I can work with. Please, Monroe. Please, Monroe. Please, Monroe. Welcome to another episode of Calling Monroe. Oh, did you like that? It was nice. Uh, I forgot to introduce you, but I guess you've already spoken. I'm joined here by Gucci Mane. Hello. Yeah, you liked it. Yeah. Good, good, good thing. Uh, was it my best one yet or was it like just okay? I I liked it. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, I think, wait, uh, wait, wait, I'm going to eat another table candy here no don't oh, eat table candy uh, okay you know we actually uh, we got a piece of feedback on the table candy eating people some people thought it was funny uh, and some people absolutely hated it because they have like you know when people have like a like they can't stand eating noises like it's but like it's called something isn't that only true if you know the person well enough what do you mean do you care that people eat loudly when you don't know them yeah you care more surely okay Aren't you? Don't you? Aren't you more forgiving of people that you know than people that you don't know? I don't know. Not about eating sounds. Oh, should we call Monroe just because something, some reason? Call Monroe. Yeah, yeah we have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's call Monroe. <laughs> What's up, folks? Hey, Hello. Monroe. Quick question. Yeah. If someone does something annoying. Yeah. Is it more annoying if you know them, or is it more annoying if you don't know them? Definitely more annoying. If I like someone, I find them less annoying, for sure. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. Yeah. See, Gucci? So, so I, I apparently, I do not like people. <laughs> you just don't like any of us. I mean, you also don't like podcasts, as we've established, so. Yeah, I mean, this one is pretty good. I was on the train yesterday, so we, were ta- we asked you this because of uh, eating noises, whether they're more or less annoying if you know somebody that's doing it, know the person that's doing it. Uh, and yesterday I was on a train, for example, and there was a dude who got on with no mask, first of all, and he was, he had headphones on. So I don't know if he like, wasn't aware of what he was doing, but he was, he was the loudest breather in the world. He was like the whole time he was like a a young dude. He was younger than me. And he got on the train and it was just like, (laughs) (laughs) did he have COVID? Probably. But he was just like, I wanted to slap him in the face. And if I had known him, I wouldn't have wanted to slap him as much, but I still would have wanted to slap him. Are you sure you wouldn't have just slapped him then? If I knew him. Yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't make me less annoyed at him. It just means that (laughs) I fear the repercussions less. Okay. Monroe, am I dying? Uh, Why would you be dying? I mean, everyone's dying. Yes, we're all dying. Because my ear hurts. Oh. That sounds uh, really bad. Nah. Nah. Okay. It's a strong no. Okay, fair. Am I dying? Because I sent you a picture the other day. <laughs> you fucking hell. <laughs> you did Is send me a picture the other day. You sent me one of the most disgusting pictures that I've ever seen. Yeah, so uh, if Mr. Fogarty's listening, 
this maybe it's more disgusting than anything I've ever sent him, and I've sent him some horrible things. So he's no longer the reigning champion. Mm. So I sent you a picture that's no, absolutely not going on our Instagram, and I no. asked you if I was dying for an alternative reason. Yeah, and your answer was, in short, I would worry. No, I wouldn't worry. <laughs> no, you said would. <laughs> did I, did I actually? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did actually? God no, I'm it, so dude. sorry. Oh. My, my, I was trying to get really to the point about don't worry. Uh, yeah, you said, here you said, in short, I would worry. <laughs> my, well so done. That was, that was exactly the opposite point that I was trying to convey. I was trying to say, in short, oh, shit, I did write that. I was supposed yeah. to write, oh, my days. I'm so sorry, Ragnar. Are you, where are you worried, Ragnar? I am a little bit worried. No, this, that was such a cock up. In short, I wouldn't worry was what I was uh, trying to write. Ah, okay, interesting. <laughs> oh, oh, I feel really bad about that. Ah, you should. I wonder how many well, of those little slips I've made to patients that have gone home thinking they're going to just die the next day. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my, I'm really, yeah, in short, I would not worry, just, just to be clear. Do you okay, know what I, I think have- will work? What? Okay, go what you were going to say, and I will come with a solution. Uh, I was just going to talk about my upcoming doctor's appointment. Okay, you can skip that. Okay. You can, <laughs> you, you can just do this great thing. Just not go? Called coffee enema. Oh, nice. Do you think that's going to solve my problems? Yeah, I don't know what your problem is, but coffee enema sounds like a good idea to solve it. There is a, there is a certain, certain logic to that, because the... The color that I sent to Monroe hmm. was not brown enough. Would you say that, Monroe? Uh, yeah, but it looked very Giardia-esque. Yeah, okay. I don't know how much detail people want about the color of your shit, though. We talked about that a lot last week. Yeah, no, but I'm saying, like, if the problem was that it was not brown enough, surely a coffee enema is going to fix that right up. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, right. Coffee's brown, so as long as it's the right color... Then I'm good. Oh, I feel so bad for writing. I would worry. Yeah, you should. <laughs> that must have stressed I was you out worried. so much. Well, I was already worried because it was like it, it clearly wasn't healthy. No, but I wouldn't worry. That was the key. <laughs> I just stressed that. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we move on to coffee enemas, enemas like fully, I want to just say one thing that uh, I I had my first doctor's appointment today, where I had to go get the equipment for my Giardia test. If anyone doesn't want to listen to this horrible shit, just skip like five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) But I went there and I was seen by a a medical student. How do I skip five minutes? Just go to sleep. Okay. Uh, And she she handed me this tube, like you know these those tubes for collecting blood, like that size, just a regular Mm. size test tube type thing. That's the size of the tube she handed me, and she was like, "I'm gonna need a fecal sample from you in this," (laughs) and it's just like. That's such a hassle having to squeeze it into this time. Like, can't you just give me did this, a bigger did this tube? tube? Not have a <laughs> lid that had a little scoop on it. No, it had a. The lid didn't have a scoop. Oh. Uh, I've seen those before. The lid was just a screwy sort of lid. So she and there sounds was, like she gave you a urine pot to put a poop in. <laughs> quite potentially, actually. But she did, uh, and then and then she said to me, she's like, "Oh, do you want to take it home and then bring it back, or do you want to just do it right now?" and I had to like think about it. I had to really weigh my options there. There was the possibility that I could have just done it then and there, but that it's also so weird to like leave the room and then bring someone back your fecal sample. 
Mm. You know, it violates the sanctity of the moment. It does, yeah. So I took it home, and then I brought it back same day. So now we are awaiting results of my Giardia test. Uh, wake up, Guion? I am awake. Okay, good. Uh, I heard that shit. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> coffee enemas, go. Uh, go, I I don't know what m- much more to say. I saw So you know how on... Uh, sorry, I, <laughs> you know how I've done the, uh, the garlic on my feet when we spoke about that, and then I did the duct tape? Maybe I should do a coffee enema on myself right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can do you? that. Can you please? No, I unfortunately, <laughs> I don't think I've got coffee or an enema kit. I, I think you should not do it because it says here... Uh, coffee enemas carry a risk of adverse effects, some of them serious, including infection, seizures, heart and lung problems, and death. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine dying from a coffee enema? <laughs> just imagine your... So I, I think about this. I, I sort of uh, frame things like this in my mind sometimes, uh, and it steers me away from the wrong decision, I feel. And I think about my mother and how she carried me for nine months. Yeah. And then she birthed me, after which my parents did their best to sustain me and raise me into a, a decent human being mm-hmm. and all this. And just imagine the the profound disappointment that they would experience if I died from a fucking coffee <laughs> enema. Like after all that effort that they fucking went through, then I just die from a coffee enema? Like, come on, man. Yeah. Do not do... Th- it's like the guy who... Uh, my best example of this is... Do you know that uh, that German that German cannibal guy? Yeah. Who? So there was for those of you that don't know, there was some weird cannibal forum on the dark web, and uh, some dude posted an advertisement on there and said, "I'm looking for someone to eat, basically." And a fucking dude replied and was like, "Yeah, bro, eat me." And then they met up, and lo and behold, he ate him. He like killed him and ate him. And now that man's in prison for having done such things. But imagine the disappointment of the mother and father. (laughs) You did all this shit for your son, and then he went and got himself eaten on purpose by some fucking deranged dude. He enjoyed, and they tried to eat his penis together. Like, come on, man. Don't do that. Just don't. I, I can't so, disagree with you. <laughs> I'd be so upset if I was his mother. I would be so upset. I do think about it sometimes, and I've come to sort of like semi near death experiences. Sometimes I've been thinking to myself, "This, be- this better not be it," because this is a shit story. Or sometimes I'd be like, "Ah, this is this would be all right." Yeah, I do think like this would be a good story. That's that's a good reason to do stuff. You know, you don't want your fu- your funeral to be boring, do you? Uh, yes or no. So if you go on the Wikipedia page for Armin Mies, or I don't know how the fuck to spell his name, M-E-I-W-E-S, there's a couple of there's a couple of interesting things there. Uh, he got life in prison, previously eight and a half years imprisonment. Hmm. Uh, I feel uh, like I mean I guess it's just uh, he it was all consensual. I don't know what the the mental state of everyone involved in this process is, but if we assume for a second that. Everyone was had capacity and could consent to this. Mm-hmm. True. Then, but they're all consenting adults, you know. True. So his previous conviction was manslaughter, not murder. Mm-hmm. But then it apparently became murder. But the the motive is listed as sexual gratification, which is all, which it always is. Yeah. It's so like it, it's such a cliche, and there really needs to be a bit of a shake up in this like motive department. 
Like, people need to stop doing weird shit for sexual gratification. Like, do it for another reason. <laughs> At least you can buy a coffee and name a kit from com <laughs> from Gwyneth Paltrow's company. Oh, no, not Gwyneth Paltrow's company. That's the worst one. You can buy, you can buy it there. Okay. I have one more fact about Armin. Yeah. Before we before we go on, this is the best. Fact. Sometimes the universe just like conspires in, in a certain way to to do something beautiful, and in this case, it absolutely did. So he is a man who's known for killing and eating a voluntary victim, right? Yeah, that's yeah. This, his thing. So the eating part is probably the noteworthy one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he is from a town. He was born in 1961, then in West Germany, in a town called Essen. Do you know what Essen means in Germany? Nein. In German, sorry. I do not. To eat. To eat. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. So, really, they should have seen this one coming. Yes. <laughs> Everyone from Essen are at risk. Absolutely. I've never tried any enema of any sort. Maybe I'll, yeah, maybe this week will be my week of trying an enema. So I'm going to tell a story that I will probably edit out of the podcast. So if some weird, like, hold music comes on now, dear listeners, just know that I edited this out. Uh, back to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I get, is, aren't those side effects of, of a coffee enema just the fact that, like, it, it, just an overdose on caffeine? Or yeah, I mean, I think just gonna, you put so much coffee in there. Yeah, you put, like, like what, a liter, two? How many? How much is an enema in liquid? I don't know. Depends on, what do you mean, how much is an enema in liquid? That depends on how much liquid you put up. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, but like that's, that's, that's like being like, how much does a chicken weigh? And you're like, well, it depends on the chicken. Like, what's the average fucking enema? Uh, uh, it says here on the back on Wikipedia, it's uh, one and a half liter. Oh, shit. That's pretty much of coffee. It's a lot. One and a half liters is a lot, yeah. Here it says some med.university of Michigan, I guess. Fill the enema bag with 500 cc. What is, is, what is cc? Centiliters. Or is it? Why is it CC? CC? No, it's surely it's milliliters, right? I don't know what CC is. They use it on. Uh, oh, it's it's uh, cubic centimeters, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's a that's a milliliter. Yeah. So here's this. Yeah, five hundred milliliters. Warm tap water. Do not do not use hot water. <laughs> <laughs> Hang the end of a bag or on a nail or hook, or have someone hold it about twelve to eighteen inches above your rectum. Have someone hold it. <laughs> That's a real friend. That is. <laughs> it actually says here that the reasoning the people that do coffee and must have, they say it's anti. It's good alternative cancer treatment. Nothing is a good alternative cancer treatment. First. No, of all. and it says here it is not. It's not, the claim is not supported by evidence. Mm. Guys, I'd hold up an enema bag for either of you. Would you actually? Yeah. Nice. Same as these. I would <laughs> if I could. Oh, <laughs> oh Gucci. You go. What you can do is you can just, there's a, there's a way around this for you. You can have a, a glass or like a container of the liquid on your right hand side yeah. and then towards your left-hand side is the tube that enters the rectum. And you can just like suck the liquid up through a straw from the right-hand side and then move your mouth over to the left-hand side and, you know? Uh, <laughs> <that's weird. laughs> all right, all right. New topic. Get off poo. Yeah, Come let's on, guys. talk about something else. <laughs> Come on. Okay, okay. So I have a... Uh, remember last week? Do you remember last week when I was like, oh, there's some shit I really want to talk about? Yeah. I'm going to talk about it. You said 
it's really interesting what people do after death. Yeah. So I guess this is like the psychopath episode, because first I talked about Armin, our cannibal friend. Now I'm going to talk about Carl, because what Carl he, he didn't do something after his death. No, Carl Tanzler. Uh, he was also German. He was a German-born radiology technologist in Key West, Florida. Mm-hmm. So he had a patient, a tuberculosis patient uh, called Elena, and then she died. Mm-hmm. Of tuberculosis, as is tradition. And then almost two years after her death, Tanzler removed her body from its tomb and lived with the corpse at his home for seven years until its discovery by her relatives and authorities in 1940. Uh. And if you go to his Wikipedia page and scroll about halfway down, there is a picture of her corpse roughly what's, what's 1940. His name again? Carl Tanzler with a Z. He sort of fell in love with her while she was a patient and became a little bit obsessive, and then uh, she died. He then paid for her funeral, and with the permission of her family, he commissioned uh, an above-ground mausoleum, which he visited almost every night, Mm. which is like, at that point, he needs to start chilling, but fine. (laughs) Death is a difficult thing, I guess. Then one evening in 1933, he crept through the cemetery, removed her body, carried it through the cemetery on a toy wagon, and transported it home. On a toy wagon. (laughs) Yeah. He He reportedly said that her spirit would come to him when he would sit by her grave and serenade her corpse with a favorite Spanish song. Uh, he also said that she would often tell him to take her from the grave. And then wow. this is the this is the real shit right here. Like this is where he goes from being a you know just your your garden variety psychopath to being like a fucking determined one. He attached the corpse's bones together with piano wire and fitted the face with glass eyes. As the skin decomposed, he replaced it with silk cloth soaked in wax and plaster of Paris. As the hair fell out of her decomposing scalp, he fashioned a wig from the hair that he had previously obtained from her mother. I do not Phil, think this is supposed to be in the podcast. This is it's <laughs> very weird. It's it's like it's crazy. He like dressed it up and everything. He he kept it. Like if you want to know more, you should. The picture is really creepy, though. Of it doesn't look like a human. It just no, looks it like doesn't. But now that you've said that he's replaced her skin with waxy stuff and plaster of Paris and all that sort of stuff, it starts to make make a bit more sense. Yeah. Oh man, weird, weird, weird. It's a weird thing. It's exceptionally weird. And I remember I've read about this guy a few times, and he's just it's next level. This shit. Something that I expect to be weird that I don't know if it will be or not. I got sent a link from fan of the show, Leo Gundel, mm-hmm. Gundel mm-hmm. Bundle, Leo Gundel of the Gundel Bundle. Of course. And he's asked that we all watch it for the first time on the podcast. But I've already um, seen it. You've already seen it. Ragnar, have you seen it yet? Uh, I don't know what it is that we're talking about. All I know is it's a Reddit link that comes to a video. So okay. it's, on, it's on the Facebook. So go in there and then click on it on the on the chat and then you'll open it up. It's ad for phone company. Oh, I've heard about this. I was just like, okay, should we watch it now? Yeah. Want to press play? Sure. Oh, there's penis. Mm-hmm. Lots of naked people. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Of all ages. They're all naked. Mm, I see. This is very so, Icelandic. What, what did I just watch? So for the folks at home, is we Nova just... Nova not the uh, phone company? I think I had a Nova SIM card when I lived in Iceland. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do as well. So it's a phone company in Iceland. And Sponsor, they, please. I guess. Yeah, fine. And it's a commercial where everyone's naked because... 
And the tagline at the end is like, leave your phone at home. All you need is your watch. Because like you can do everything with your smartwatch, like pay and all that bullshit. <laughs> and watch uh, is same as ur. I mean, take off yeah, your clothes, oh, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Ur and ur is like watch or like off. So there's a pun in there as well. It's the best of all worlds. It's very Icelandic. This like this thing that just happened. I don't know how to. So it was just it was just a thirty second clip of naked, naked people. people of all shapes and sizes mm-hmm. doing activities, walking around, running, jogging, swimming, dancing, doing shopping. laundry, shopping. Yeah. While smiling, they're all smiling. They are all smiling and having the best time. And then it ended with use Nova. Yeah. But by the way, it's not. It's not. Any sexual thing is just people doing normal yeah. things. Where was this shown then? It's probably shown on TV. 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 On TV in Iceland. Yeah. I assume yes. so, yeah. That's a whole lot of nudity for TV. Yeah. But- I mean, but l- like they say in the comments, they say like, oh, I started by thinking, oh, there's uh, naked people. And then you're like, oh, okay, it's naked people. Yeah. I mean, it's not that big. I mean, if you knew one of those people, you might like think it was pretty good yeah. or bad, one or the other. It'd be cool to be one of those people. Uh, would it? Yeah, just strutting around naked. But I mean, you do love being naked. It's one of the <laughs> things that you. I've gotten a lot of comments about this, like lately. This fucking how I'm afraid of being naked or something. People, you like the bullshit that you spouted. People are <laughs> people have gobbled that up. Yeah, I don't appreciate it. I think it's incorrect. That was a strange experience, unexpected experience, but overall positive yeah well we post that link on the old uh instagram and facebook and the people are on the facebook and people can see what it is i guess we can do that yeah uh, i posted nice. the picture of you and your horrible eye how's your eye oh my eye's getting better it i just have to peel off a layer of dead skin on it every day otherwise it looks really gross every day yeah in the mornings before i go to work mm. and then it's just i think it'll just be there for another three weeks or so and then it'll get all better fair and that's all i got to say about that (laughs) so you're you're surviving i'll I'll get my giardia results soon uh hopefully we're all we're all doing well (laughs) oh lord i did have a funny thing at work where um like telling someone that their flies down is such a bigger thing than it needs to be this we were on the ward round which is just where you go i mean you've all seen it on tv shows Uh, Mm -hmm. and you go around to see all the patients there's a big army and uh this this guy that was on the ward round this physician's associate he uh just shoved this bit of paper right in my face and i was like oh fuck what's what's going on i kind of like he did it with such urgency but it was also a weird way of communicating so i assumed there was something wrong or something i don't know um and i couldn't read see anything that was on the because he stuck it right in my face and then i was like well what do you want what do you want and they shoved it in my face again and then in the bottom corner it was just written you're flying low and it was just because my fly was down. Uh, it's such a was he doing it like as a joke or was he doing? No, it? he was just like doing it in this. Well, I don't know because I people have all these weird ways of telling you that your your zips down, and I don't really I don't know. Like just it's not like my. I did have a teacher at school once whose testicle was out a little bit. <laughs> uh, Mister Mister that- Craig, who was who was an uh, an awful teacher, matched only by the fact I think he, I'm pretty sure he was an awful human being as well. Oh, nice. He was this great big man who filled up his chair um mm. really, really lovely and sweaty and red in the face all the time and also had his testicle out a little bit in class are testicles the least attractive body part yes i think so right they must be yeah. like the most the least attractive like standard condition body part like a tumor across, bo- across both sexes as well yeah exactly well obviously like do women have a least attractive body part 
I mean, yeah. I guess some people hate toes, right? Yeah, but there's always going to be a, like a least favorite. I guess, but, but like, I guess I like, like testicles on women, just, it's more testicles are just ugly, though, aren't they? Yeah, like on women, I feel like the worst parts are more neutral, whereas on men, the worst parts are like like actively offensive <laughs> <laughs> to the senses. Yeah, yeah. God damn it! We are the uh, bear bearer of bad things but why is it so awkward to tell someone that their flies down also like does it matter i guess it matters there's loads there's loads of different ways of saying you'd be like oh you're flying low oh you've got egg on your chin oh your your shoelace is untied or something whatever the people egg on your chin is not specific enough like (laughs) i I would never get it i mean it's it's a it's a known saying to be fair yeah but you could also have egg on your face you could so there's that <laughs> yeah. it's bullshit like that's not one that i would find uh not one that i would find awkward to say like there's more but then, i mean ones. most people aren't quite as comfortable talking about their uh toilet habits as mm. uh, that's true but like there's there's way if you're going to be awkward about stuff save it for the really like there's more awkward things like even telling someone that they have bad breath mm. that's way more awkward yeah i once had uh, I was trying to take bloods from a patient and I walked up to them and I got started so I kind of started looking for veins on them and stuff so it's kind of close and then the the lady started like gagging and be like what what and I was like oh sorry are you all right and I went to get her a sick ball and I came back but then uh, like when I came back she she started gagging and she was like, what what and uh, and then she was like hand like had a hand like kind of waving me away to go away from her. And then I kind of took a, step, a couple of steps back and she was like, oh, I'm sorry, it's your garlic breath. Oh my God. No. <laughs> that is that is over the top. She didn't need to do that. <laughs> I truly hate when people overreact like this. It yeah. makes me annoyed. I mean, she maybe didn't control it. Some some people just no one, I mean, have. But are you Some that people sensitive? easily are. Some people are. Okay, but fine like if she's that sensitive i disrespect that just as much as her being dramatic yeah you don't need to be that way <laughs> like just chill or just just take your emotions and bottle them up for decades i know? also uh another kind of funny experience in hospital this week where um i uh i'm attached to a consultant this week and um you know you always try and find some common things and some jokes to kind of break down the the barriers a bit so that you can guys can actually let out some personality and have a bit of fun and uh her whatsapp picture i thought was a dog shit from one of her dogs that was shaped like a heart and this uh, she seemed like the kind of person who would have like a really cute picture of her kids as her whatsapp picture mm-hmm. and then i saw this and i was like fuck she likes she likes poo jokes i'm <laughs> i'm in i can work with this this is something i can work with um so i go in in the morning the next day once i saw this picture and i was like oh is that some of your dog's artwork on your whatsapp and she looks at me and she's like that was a chocolate pretzel that my son made me <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> That's still a good joke by you. Uh. <laughs> Did you not appreciate the joke? I mean she took it quite well to be fair. She she yeah, yeah. She didn't seem like she was overly offended by it or anything. Even in uh. a world where you absolutely knew it was a chocolate pretzel, it's still funny. <laughs> like it's still a good joke. 
So <laughs> I don't think you have a problem. Nice. I'm glad. I'm glad I've got reassurance from you. Yeah. <laughs> I do like this bit of humor, like a little going a little bit too far too quickly. <laughs> It is better. That's yeah. the world I want to live in. Talking about going too far. Mm. Traveling. <laughs> right. <laughs> to Jerusalem. Okay. That's pretty far for all of us. It's further than I've ever been towards Jerusalem. I've never gone that yeah. far towards Jerusalem before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then you have to take care because you could be affected by Jerusalem syndrome. Oh, what is that? That is really subtle segue. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have that planned at all. <laughs> no. Okay, it is the mental phenomena involving a presence of a religiously theme obsessive ideas, delusions, or other psychosis-like experience that are triggered by the visit to the city of Jerusalem. Oh, damn. So you go to Jerusalem, and having been to Jerusalem, you then become a fanatic religious person. Yeah, so uh, at, at uh, temporarily. Temporarily. Oh, really? Temporarily? So, That's interesting. Yeah, and this is uh, first described apparently by someone called Heinz Hermann in 1930s. I guess there's two uh, interpretations of that, though, in that, I guess, from a, a religious person's perspective, it's probably just reacting quite reasonably to the place where Christ yeah. died and lots of other So they div divide this into three types. It's like people that have a psychotic illness, for instance. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So they they are, in a way, more likely to become get a psychosis when when go being when they're there and then the other one is like type two that is when you are religious you're really religious so it follows to go there it's like your spiritual beliefs like increase and that's why you become like that and the third time is people that are not religious and no history of mental disease Ooh. and they are they get this brief psychotic episode where they become really religious Even might think they are Jesus himself or something like that. But when they leave, it stops. Ooh. Is it a syndrome or is it just people just... I, you know, when you when you go backpacking <laughs> near to India or whatever and then you decide to become a hippie whilst you're there and change the clothes you wear and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you just kind of... And then you come back to your normal life and then you just become normal again, even though when you were there, you're like, oh, I'm going to change the way I live. It's really changed my outlook. Uh, yeah. you're, you're just adapting each time to your environment. Is this really a syndrome? I you listen know. to I a guess... Macklemore song and then all of a sudden you want to you change the world and then you <laughs> listen to another song and you don't care anymore. So <laughs> there has been done a study on this, actually. Oh, yeah. And he says like there are 42 cases of people with this type 3. 42 cases mm. over a period of 13 years. That he could find the doctor, but there are like twelve hundred, twelve hundred within that period that got that diagnosis, and five hundred, no, like four hundred seventy, were admitted to the hospital. Mm. Interesting. It says here that it's not a recognized condition in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, but no, then again, that doesn't not. really necessarily mean anything. Mm, that's it, it is more of a type of a psychosis. The DSM-5 is pretty much the gold standard, isn't it, for deciding what, uh, psychi whether psychiatric disorder is a thing or not, isn't it? Uh, yeah. But there um, isn't a list of types of psychosis. You can get a type of psychosis that no one has ever had. You can get the idea that something is that no one has ever Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so before. I guess it's just a form of psychosis then. And that cannot be listed. 
It kind of was like, oh, you you think the dog poop is, is aliens? Ah, <laughs> oh, no, no one has ever thought of that. Okay, it's not psychosis. Mm-hmm. You're normal. Yeah, exactly. So like th- that level of specificity you don't need in the in the diagnostic manual. No, but yeah, I mean, it, the, apparently here Wikipedia takes me to a similar thing. I've heard about this other one as well. Now that I read about it, Paris syndrome. It's a sense of disappointment exib- exhibited by some individuals when visiting or going on vacation to Paris who feel that Paris is not as beautiful as they had expected it to be. And it's <laughs> characterized by a number of psychiatric <laughs> symptoms such, such as acute delusional states, hallucinations, feelings of persecution, depersonalization, anxiety. Like, relax. It's fucking Paris, bro. <laughs> It is particularly noted among Japanese travelers. Like, do they just build it up that hard? Like, that's it's so amazing, and then it's not literal heaven, so they just have a fucking psychotic breakdown. <laughs> I guess like the same. Oh. Like, it should be something called New Year syndrome or wedding yeah. syndrome or something. Like, none of these things can meet the or expectations. Like birth, birthday syndrome or yeah. or literally anything syndrome. Like. <laughs> Like when you watch the fucking World Cup final or something, it's always a disappointment. Or you watch just anything that you've hyped up even slightly in your head always kind of sucks. I don't know. Not even slightly. <laughs> I think like, like let's focus on just things that are supposed to be the best night okay. of the year or the best na- day of your life or anything that's supposed to be the best in some form. Yeah. Then They also show here something called Stendhal syndrome. Hmm. Stendhal syndrome. And that is psychosomatic condition involving rapid heartbeat, fainting, confusion, and hallucinations. Allegedly occurring when individuals become exposed to objects, artworks, or phenomena of great beauty. Oh, God. But the, so this, all these things put together just make me think that it's just people buying way too hard into some sort of hype. Hmm. Right? And they're just... Yeah. You're just looking for... I suppose. For some little corner of the world where you can be important and you found it and you it's like when people fucking uh, i don't even have an example i just (laughs) (laughs) i'm just angry yeah man you know what i'm saying it's like it's like fucking i don't know something you're just told that something is great and so you just like buy into the fact that it's great so hard that you have a literal psychotic episode that's it's going a little bit too far trump syndrome uh, <laughs> Trump syndrome, you say? Yeah, everyone's just bought into the fact he's great. Uh, Guillon is very much against discussing politics on the podcast. Amen to that. Yeah. Uh, Listomania was an intense fan frenzy directed towards Hungarian composer Franz Liszt during his performances. Intense levels of hysteria. Imagine like a rock concert, but it's a dude playing like classical music, and you're just fucking going wild. <laughs> It's like Beatlemania, but for a pianist. <laughs> Has anyone got a uh, a skill of the week? Uh, I kind of have one, but not I'm trying really. to think if there's anything that I've done that's been particularly skillful this week. <laughs> I, I can I can talk you through how to put poo into a very very narrow. <laughs> We're tube. not going to talk about poo anymore. <laughs> that's not it. I I de scaled my uh my kettle how did you do that vinegar I bought i bought some special s- stuff that was for it and i put it in it and then it made it go away is that a skill <laughs> <laughs> it, that might be a skill right tabata have you heard of tabata yes i have this is a it's kind of a skill sort of 
it's some type of gym stuff. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a basically an evidence based, time efficient exercise routine. So okay. the the original paper, which was done by uh, Mr. Tabata, I believe. Ooh. So it got two groups. They both worked out, I think, for for five days a week for six weeks, and one group did an hour of jogging uh and and they they set that at 70% of their their VO2 max and the other group did a 4 minute workout on a bike on a on an exercise bike a stationary bike where they did 20 seconds of as intense as they could 10 seconds rest and then you just repeat that eight times for a total of 4 minutes mm. and then they compared the maximum oxygen uptake and the aerobic capacity of people at the end of the five week period and basically the maximum oxygen uptake of each group had gone up by about similar amounts there wasn't a huge difference and the aerobic capacity of the people who'd done the 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 five the hour-long protocol of one hour a day had not really changed much but had gone up significantly in the people who'd only done the four minutes a day so it's just this little four minute exercise very intense but very effective uh increasing your fitness yeah so it is just this high intensity interval training yeah which people may have heard about not under tabata so it's just like a subset of that is what his study focused on according to this wikipedia but i remember learning about high intensity interval training in my master's degree in some like exercise physiology class and the problem is that the amount of extra, the amount of uh, exertion that is required during the like short bursts is more than people typically think is required. Mm. So you have to go as hard as you possibly can, yeah. and you have to maintain it for that entire time period. And most people don't do that, just because like they don't attempt to do to do that, or they don't have like the full motivation to be able to do it because it is fucking difficult like we tried it and you have to like we were doing these sprints on a bike yeah and it was outrageous really like it's yeah it's it's really hard so you need to yeah you need to do it properly it is like it is good uh, but it's very hard yeah yeah but it is time can it's time saving sorry and it's it's good for you here under under wikipedia under health effects it just says brain power (laughs) (laughs) it's Benefit beneficial to cognitive control and working memory compa- capacity in children, apparently. Yeah, that's something else. Oh, the there's a big push for um, sort of. Oh yeah, I'm going to do uh, Sudoku just to keep my brain working, and I'm going to do this, that, mm. and the next thing to keep my brain working. The only mm. thing that I, well, as far as I'm aware, the t- there are two things which are evidence based to kind of keep your brain healthy. The main one is exercise. Mm-hmm. And the second one is learning a new skill, so or, and, cha- and challenging your brain in that way. So Sudoku, if you never do Sudoku and then you start Sudoku mm. and do that for a month, that will probably mm. help in some way. Whereas if you do Sudoku all the time and it's a hobby, that's not going to be doing anything for you. Um, but there's also a sort of contrary to this, not really uh, higher education, regardless of lifestyle choices and characteristics is uh, linked to decreased risk of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. So it isn't just like new stuff. How many confounding factors do they take part of from there? Because uh, you know, hundred million. Yeah, I don't know, man. But like correlation <laughs> and causation, you know, like there's so many things that 
that, that separate the populations of people who go to university versus the populations that don't. Like the people who go to university are typically very privileged. Uh, but it is yeah. still like that. If you have some certain education, you 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 tend sometimes not. You tend to go work in that field. Yeah. And then you have to keep up. Yeah. Mm. To a certain degree, you have to follow some field. I don't know. And that. But so your life involves be. learning, essentially, in a way. Is that what you're. Yeah. And in a way, you learn to learn. So you, it's easier for you to know where to look for stuff. I don't know. But saying that, like, for example, that doing Sudoku doesn't help or something, I'm kind of inclined to not believe that because. A person who does Sudoku regularly, for example, is not likely to be the person who it just leaves their brain fully unoccupied the rest of the time. And I do think that like having an occupied mind leads to a having an like a an unoccupied mind rather would lead to like less overall use and more deterioration of pathways, etc. Than actually being retirement is bad for your health, basically. Sort of, yeah. Or like someone who does Sudoku for two hours every single day for like 20 years versus someone who doesn't i am willing to bet that will have some sort of effect well, if that other that, person isn't doing anything like equivalent i don't know i don't know there's there's certainly not uh well my understanding of the evidence there's not strong evidence based to back what you're saying up but i can, but see, the, I can like, see the intuition behind your point but but uh, I, it's also one of those it's like nutrition it's like pretty impossible to study this sort of stuff like how are you going to study the effects of 20 years of sudoku on people like you're not going to be able to get someone to do it for a fucking week like <laughs> within the parameters that you want for your study like people never do shit for you yeah. <laughs> in terms of studies and it's like like with the, this nutrition stuff you can't get people to follow any sort of nutrition regimen for literally any amount of time <laughs> yeah so what's the skill of the week it's to Tabata. do if you if, you, if if you've only got four minutes, you've got enough time to get an effective workout in. Mm, but you will sweat after those four minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so be prepared for that. Uh, yeah. I don't know how long this episode is because I got cut out in the middle of our recording. Peek behind the curtain. Uh, I don't think it's... It was not that long. It was like three minutes. Fair. I mean, uh, do you guys have closing words? Is that the stage that we're at? What, so what is the skill to just do high-intensity interval training? Well, this I guess the skill... Well, I feel like a, a lot of the people, when you think about exercise, you think that to make an impact on your health, you're going to have to spend hours doing exercise. Mm. So this, this is just... Uh, a life hack. Life hack, if you will. Mm, yeah. Very good. Maybe we should rename our skills into life hacks because they're more of that, <laughs> aren't they? No, but yeah. I like the fact that they're all pseudo skills. Yeah, skill of the week. It's fine. They are more life hacks, but it is the skill of the week. We don't. We don't change that. No, never. We will never change anything. Uh, yeah. Gucci, do you have any partying words? Ah, uh, see, I mean. I tried to find something good here, <laughs> and I found something good. <laughs> it's it's coming. Wait. Okay. Second. Wait. Second. Ah. ah uh, okay. This is who I am. Nobody said you had to like it. Who do you think said that? Gandhi. Marilyn Monroe. It, uh, unknown. <laughs> <laughs> it was unknown. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently that's the name of the person. 
I'd be kind. Mm, very good. Monroe, do you have any parting words? Send us some voicemails or yeah. uh, hints, tips, ideas for skills, um, and have a grand week. Oh, very good. Yes, send us shit to uh, callingmonroe.gmail.com. Uh, you can also send Instagram. us stuff. Oh, shit, yeah, they, but where? To me. Okay, are you going to give your address out to thousands of people on the internet? No. Send send us a video of you doing a coffee enema. Or just, yeah. or just you after a coffee enema. <laughs> no, d- during. I want to see. And, and you have to have a buddy that holds up your... Uh, yeah. Up your bag. And also to call the like the emergency line if something happens. <laughs> I would go so far as to say that the most important part of that video is the precise moment where the coffee enters the body. <laughs> That's the yeah, part yeah, yeah, I yeah. want to see the most. Yeah. Uh, so get on that. If anybody wants to send us a coffee enema video, then we are more than happy to receive it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I guess do those things and also keep on trucking. Goodbye, folks. Bye. Bye-bye. If you're feeling low In need of a bro There's one thing That makes your heart start to glow Calling Monroe Calling Monroe Calling Monroe Calling low, I'm crying